Hello and welcome back to the School Football Talk Show. Today I have a special guest back on the show, Jacob Jerby, my English teacher. Today we're going to be talking about a lot of NFL honors and Super Bowl stuff, mainly like for the NFL honors, did everything pan out like we expected it? Were there any big changes and surprises in the second half of the season? And then about the Super Bowl, we're going to just look back on the championship round between like those matchups, how the 49ers went out really sad, the bad officiating from that weekend. Obviously, there's a lot of controversy around controversy around it. And like and then we're just going to be we're going to wrap it up about talking about who just has a better Super Bowl team, who has a better chance at winning and if that's going to happen or not. So Oh, first off, let's talk about Tom Brady. We yeah, huge news, huge news. He just like, right out of the blue, retired on social media. Right. That, that was pretty exciting. Right, it's the Schefter bomb that you woke up to this morning. Uh, thanks for having <laughs> me back, Luke. Excited yeah. to be back on the show. Um, lots to debrief. You'll probably hear in my voice that not only am I sick, but I'm a little jaded as my Vikings kind of. Uh, left the season with their tails between their legs, looking not as yeah. strong as we thought. But yeah, this Brady news is really the A topic here. Um, a topic with Brady, uh, crazy stuff happening. Uh, I will say this one feels legit. <laughs> you know, yeah, it, last it definitely time we didn't does. Know, this one feels legit. Yeah. Um, he announced it on his own accord. There wasn't a leak. There wasn't someone yeah. else. Uh, Adam Schefter didn't ruin it for him. Right and. And um, truth be told, uh, I haven't watched the video yet. I haven't watched him saying goodbye. Uh, it it's, does. It does feel like the right time, though, doesn't yes. it? Yes. And I, I watched it. It def, it definitely sounded heartfelt. He was just basically thanking everyone. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like, it wasn't like it was a post. Like I am retiring. Right. Thank you to everyone who affected me in my career. It was, it was a video of yeah. like, just like. Thank you, and it was actually, like, a meaningful video. Yeah, finally got to do it his way, which I'm glad he got yeah. to do. Last year, it kind of felt, I don't know, it felt rushed. It felt like it wasn't authentic, and this does feel authentic. I will say, I was thinking, okay, what's going to happen this year? And with the news with Brock Purdy and the UCL and being out a year and Garoppolo being gone and uh, the uncertainty with Trey Lance, I thought the you know the stars might align to have Brady go to the Bay for one last shot with a real time Super Bowl contender. Yeah, I I think Brady's just he's 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 done and he's tired and we know all the drama with his yeah. family. We know all the drama with his um, now ex wife. Uh, what else does he have to accomplish? I think he always said he's going to play until he feels competitive and. Maybe he just lost that this year, and I. Some of that could be on just an underperforming Buccaneers team. Yeah. And some of that could just be on like, you know, he's he's feeling done. So I have nothing but respect for Brady. I've always yes. loved Brady. I'm I'm gonna be sad to live in an NFL without Tom Brady. Yeah. Um. I don't think that this year and previous years uh tarnished his his goat status. I think it's well cemented. I am glad that he was able to get that Super Bowl in Tampa Bay just yep. so he didn't finish with a washed couple of years. Um, but nothing but the best for the GOAT. I, I mean, there's nothing anyone can say. Um, you'll hear the talk about, like, oh, well, he messed up his family in the process. I truly think the writing on the wall was there before that. Yeah. But uh, respect to Brady, respect to his family, respect to his playing career. Uh, 
obvious first ballot unanimous no no doubt about it hall of famer yes uh, the greatest to ever do it until yeah. we say otherwise so and i'll i'll go into more depth about this in a later episode probably just like a tribute to him uh with his stats his awards which basically he holds all of the super bowl records that will take a lot to break those but like Unless someone comes around and is the best for 25 years, it's going to be hard to beat Tom Brady. He's really cemented a legacy in the NFL. And, yeah, without a doubt, he will be a Hall of Famer. To the GOAT. In the next couple of years. To the GOAT, TB12. Love you, man. And moving on to some NFL honors. I think most of the stuff panned out pretty well except one guy and that's christian watson Mm. let's talk about that he in the second half of the season he really he really surprised pretty much everyone he's in the ballot for offensive rookie of the year i think and um i do believe he has a good chance at it obviously Mm. he had a he had a pretty rough start but i read this quote it was like Every good story has a couple bad chapters. Mm. He and that is that's really true for his first year. Just right. starting off really bad, dropping that touchdown pass <laughs> against Week One Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, that's a fun one to bring up, and we'll bring that up over the course of his yeah, career. Yep. <laughs> I do think he is destined to be um, a really prolific receiver in the NFL. Someone who can uh, take the top off a of defense. Someone who can. Uh, really, um, you know, move the ball along. I don't currently see him on my my list from the athletic. Maybe he is on there. I don't know if finalists are limited. Oh, or what the case. Maybe might he be. wasn't. But however, he could be. In he's that definitely. He's definitely somewhere on there. Maybe yeah. he's not like NFL AP like. Yeah. But for a lot of people, he's. On so that here's list. my thought on Watson. Uh, yeah, I mean, he really turned it on at the end of the year, built that chemistry with Rodgers, kind of became Rodgers' go-to guy. What happens next year? What happens if I don't Jordan know. Love throwing him the ball? I what don't know. What happens if it's another jaded Aaron Rodgers? Yes. I don't know what we'll have in terms of, uh, you know, beginning of a career, which if you look at really the great ones, uh, or the someday great ones, hopefully, Justin Jefferson did not have that sophomore slump. Jamar Chase did not have that sophomore slump. Uh, I I I think there will be some regression uh, for Christian Watson, or maybe maybe his lows won't be as lows and his highs won't be yeah. quite as high. He will um, just start to be that average guy, yeah. maybe that you can rely on in fantasy. Yeah. Maybe you don't. Maybe it's not a top five, top ten guy, but it he's still there and he right. still gives you like. Maybe 10 points a game, 12 yeah. points a game, something and, like I mean, that. fantasy implications are interesting, too, because then yeah. you look around with who else is going to be on that team and, and who's getting him the ball. As I look at the offensive rookie of the years, according to my uh, athletic source here, for the AP offensive rookie of the year, I see Brock Purdy, Kenneth Walker from Seattle, the running back, Garrett Wilson. I, I wholeheartedly agree that Garrett Wilson had a more productive, more valuable offensive season than Christian Watson. Yes, and so I think that's yes. a fair assessment to compare yeah. apples and oranges. is not always fair to compare him to Purdy. Not always fair. He yeah, plays the quarterback yeah. position. But to compare him to Wilson, I don't know, Luke, what do you think? Who, who would you, if you could have their season and put them on your favorite team, which player are you taking between Garrett Wilson and Christian Watson? You know, I'm definitely taking Garrett Wilson just because 
he, I mean, they're both fast. They both can run routes. But Garrett Wilson had Zach Wilson, Mike White. <laughs> and, and Flacco. <laughs> yeah, and Joe Flacco, who's been in the league for a million years. Like, he's just a better guy. And if you put if you put Garrett Wilson on a superstar team like how much more would it elevate it right. if he's already on a horrible offense right. with like no other guys at receivers a hor- horrible quarterback room and not the best offensive line like i would i would take Garrett Wilson so let me flip you this new uh idea for our hypothetical Wilson versus Watson we might get to see this next year who oh. really plays out better if we see Aaron go to New York, join back up with Nathaniel oh. Hackett? We could probably see what Garrett Wilson is really capable. Yeah, that's... now I know you got to look at a whole team, but boy, he, yeah. there could be some production value there. For if sure. you if you get Aaron Rodgers, just a good O line there. If you get a maybe one no, maybe one more top receiver. Mm-hmm. I mean. It's it's not the worst group, but it's not like anything special yeah. outside of Garrett Wilson. So I think if you add him to that and maybe like a couple more pieces, it would be a really top tier offense. I mean, I'll, I'll say this and then we can go through some of our, our picks for uh, the awards here. Um, we saw what the Jets could have been. They had that potential. They were winning some games, yeah. which is different from the last couple of years. <laughs> they just fell apart. And one other player like an A-Raj could make the difference. That being said... Between Brock Purdy, Kenneth Walker the third, Garrett Wilson, I do think Garrett Wilson finishes third on that list. And because yeah. the AP in their voting is so quarterback heavy and we saw the run, the amazing run that Purdy was able to take the 49ers on, yeah. even having just, what was it, eight starts including the playoffs, my pick's still for Purdy, man. Come yeah. on, how cool was that? I, A quarterback never, in the quarterback position. Yes. Uh, and no disrespect to what Kenneth Walker did, I think he will be a real-time workhorse yeah. for a seemingly pretty decent Seahawks club. Uh, I'm still going with Kenneth Walker, or excuse me, with uh, Brock Purdy for my Offensive Rookie of the Year. And another thing for it, this is obviously so, this is more on the MVP, Offensive Player of the Year type stuff, but what player makes the biggest impact? on your team the offensive center no i'm just kidding it's <laughs> it's, it's a quarterback and it's the quarterback discussion yeah there's no position like it in all of sports yeah just what you have to do the fact that you have to make sure that everyone on the offense yeah like knows what to do like can do that and that you can bring them up and make them look better yeah that's just like a very tall, tall task. And I mean, if we're talking about value, we saw, and we'll get into this later with uh, the ending of the of the uh, playoffs and the championship rounds. What happens when the quarterback is removed yes. from the equation? Like, I love running the football. I'm an old school guy. I love finding creative ways to run the football. I love running between the tackles. I love watching a running back break it free. But the run game is nothing without someone who can yes. accurately get the ball out in space. So. Purdy's my offensive rookie of the year there. Yeah, I, and that's obviously a pretty big change from last year. Like, no one really saw that at all happening a mm-hmm. couple months back. I know I didn't. I just, no, yeah. when I saw he was the Mr. Irrelevant, I'm like, okay, whatever. He's just an Iowa State quarterback that looks yeah. like he can throw the ball all System right. System guy, right? Yeah. But, yeah, no, there's something there. That's fun. 
And do you think Brock Purdy would have been a lot worse if he didn't have that stacked Niners team around? I mean, him? absolutely. The growing pains seemed to be kind of quelled and brought down by a fantastic offensive line. Uh, two of the most dynamic playmakers in football. In George Debo. Kittle. Well, I was going to say Debo yeah. and Christian. Yeah. I mean, you saw what happened when they had to run the ball. They got creative in ways yeah. that they ran the ball. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, when you have Kittle and even Brandon Ayuk and some of their other options – um, just fantastic. So I will say we have our quarterback award for offensive rookie of the year, but that brings me to the offensive player of the year. Now I haven't done the research. I haven't looked at how this award usually goes, but it's interesting because the award essentially looks like the same names we see for the MVP. You got your Patrick Mahomes, you got your Jalen Hurts. You do have your non-quarterback player in Justin Jefferson. And Tyree Kill. But then you have Tyreek Hill, at the, at the who you top. just basically swapped yeah. out with the MVP vote for Burrow and Allen. So why aren't Burrow and Allen in the Offensive Player of the Year award? Are they trying to make the Offensive Player of the Year award more of a non-quarterbacks award? And does that give us some writing on the wall that perhaps our guy, JJ, yeah. Jay Jettas, is going to take home the Offensive Player of the Year award? Thoughts on just like the position... Uh, the position emphasis and how it really sways the decision for these different awards. Well, I I just like going back to last year. Cooper Cup won it, and he had probably one of the best wide receiver cur- er, years, years yeah. in history. He had triple crown, um, offensive player of the year. Not Super to mention Bowl the MVP. things he did blocking too. Yes, the, like just a really all around player, right? And I do believe they. They don't just want to give it to the quarterback because, like, even though it takes the most skill, everyone factors that in and automatically thinks about that. And, like, MVP, that can go to a quarterback for all I care. And it and it will. But maybe they're just trying to be like, okay, we have one of the best quarterback classes. Let's not completely – let's – Let's maybe give this award to someone who does the coolest things yeah. or makes the biggest like impact on their team or single-handedly makes their team a lot more famous like Tyree Kill did. Yeah. And like I just believe that they're not they're not going to sway towards quarterback just for those reasons. And so your pick for offensive player of the year is Justin Jefferson 100%. Now it would be easy to jump into that white or MVP debate right now. Let's save that for the end. Yeah. We'll tease a little bit with it. Let's go on to the other side of the ball. Uh, we just started with offensive rookie of the year, defensive rookie of the year. My list gives us Sauce Gardner, Aiden Hutchinson, the edge rusher from the Lions, and Tariq Will- Woolen, uh, cornerback from Seattle. Your pick? Aiden Hutchinson. Is it? I'm going Sauce. I, I'm 100 saying it. I 100% think Aiden Hutchinson could win it. You know, it's an interesting thing. The way the league has changed, the devalue of of a linebacker position and the strong safeties and that sort of thing, we're going to see a lot of corner guys shut down corners. We're going to see a lot of edge rushers. I love Aiden Hutchinson. uh, Hutchinson. Um, But I think Sauce just completely... Yeah, he transformed. I mean, that Jets defense turned into a scary defense. Yes. They really did, and I think that's from the attitude of sauce and the ability of just like hey I, i'm not sure how often he shadowed guys but that anytime he's on someone you can pretty much take that person out of the equation Shock. yeah sauce is a lockdown corner but going back aiden hutchinson 
even though he's a defensive ed- edge rusher, he still had probably some of the most picks in the for, for that, that player. Yes. Uh, to drop back into coverage the way he does, yeah. uh, what he does in the run game, not just getting after the quarterback. I mean, that it's, was why he was considered in that 1-1 one, one overall pick. Yeah, I thought it was so, locked, and then they just took Trayvon Walker. I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that he can stay in his home state. I'm glad that he can play in front of his family. Yeah. I'm glad that the Lions have someone that they can root for for a while. I think this Lions team is up and coming and good. Yes, it's... As a Vikings fan, I will love watching the Christian Derrissaw, uh, Aiden Hutchinson uh, <laughs> rivalry that will come on for years. I, I think that could be a flip of a coin. It depends yeah. on what they're valuing this year. Um, you know, cornerback or uh, edge rusher, which brings us to the defensive player of the year. We basically have three guys that are going to rush the quarterback at three different positions. Yeah, Nick Bosa, 49ers defensive end. Chris Jones, who we saw just disrupt everything in that. Oh AFC my gosh, that was so game. fun being a Chiefs fan. And then I think someone that. who will probably be on this list until he stops playing, Mike yep. Parsons. Yep. And I do believe they will give it to Nick Bosa. I do too. Just because what he just his his size and yep. his strength and his just moves and whatever. Yeah. It's I, just he's just kind of a lock for that because, yeah. like. Yeah, you could give it to Chris Jones, but he isn't. He isn't the best. He, I don't think he. He might be the best player on the defense, but like, there's a lot of other guys that are pretty yeah. close to that. Yeah. But Nick Bosa, he's definitely the best player. You know, shout out to Chris Jones, who's had a great career and finally is getting some of the recognition he deserves. I don't think the defensive tackle or interior defensive lineman get as much recognition. Yeah, he is disruptive, and we saw that. In this uh, AFC Championship game. When they were on a horrible offensive line. But, you know, the DN, the defensive end, the edge rusher is, I don't want to say like the quarterback of the defense because that usually falls on the linebacker with the responsibilities. But in terms of fan perspective, what do they want to see? They want to see the long pass plays. They want to see quarterbacks running in space. And they want to see people rushing the passer. And that's what Bosa does. And he turns the ball over. He creates opportunities for his defense. I think it's Bosa. And, yeah, a lot of that, just defensive tackles, they just kind of need to stay, like, they just got to stop the run mm-hmm. most of the time. Yeah. That's all they really Which is impressive. Why, yes. You know, Jones did more than that. He he brought pressure up the middle. He did stop the run. He sacked the quarterback. And so all respect to him and, and respect to uh, Micah Parsons as well. Like, he's incredible. He can do anything. Yeah. I don't even know if I want to call him a linebacker. I just want to call him the Swiss Army Knife. But – I like both the Swiss Army team. knife of yeah. making <laughs> making quarterbacks life hell. <laughs> um, moving along, AP comeback player of the year, we have Saquon Barkley, Barkley running back for the Giants. Christian McCaffrey now 49ers running back. Geno Smith, Seattle Seahawks quarterback. Your pick, Luke. I've thought about this a little bit. I honestly believe this could go anyway. I don't think Saquon Barkley is at the top of that just because, like, he hasn't missed a whole year. He hasn't missed, like, a lot, a lot of time. He just He's just been really inconsistent just with those injuries. And now that he has a full season of healthy, like, yeah, it was a good season. But, like, it's not really that comeback player yeah. of the year. Yeah. So I'll say this. Saquon... 
pretty much carried that Giants offense. Oh my gosh, him, yes. him and Daniel Jones that run game. He together. was such a pain to watch at that game. So I think that definitely works in his favor. But I think you're right. I don't think his production is quite yeah to the exciting level that Christian McCaffrey is. I mean, he can catch the football. He can run the football. He can throw but guess the what? So can four other guys on his offense. Yeah, that's why my pick and who I hope it is. Geno Smith. Smith yeah. I think that's so cool. Yeah. And I love what he said about how the league wrote him off, but he didn't write back. Yep. I would love it if this guy continued to play himself into the starter role for this Seahawks offense. You know they're probably going to go grab a quarterback. Yep. You know they're going to start planning for the future. I hope Geno just says, no, it's me, and takes that role and yeah. takes that division. I think that's cool, um, and I'm happy for him. And a lot of the times, I look at, I'll look at these situations when, like – they don't really have any expectations. Mm-hmm. Like, they're kind of just a laughing stock of the yeah. NFL. Like, no one ever thought Geno Smith right. would do anything. And maybe maybe no one really had any expectations, and they're just kind of going to it with an open mind. Like, yeah. if he does bad, this is what I kind of go back to with these situations. If he does bad, no one's going to care because they expected him to do right. bad. And if he does good... Good for him. Pleasant so, surprise. yeah. And that's what it's been. Yeah, that's what it's most definitely been. And he does have a really good team around him. He has a good receiving core. I'll give him that. They have a lot of draft picks for the future because of that trade. All right. Coach of the year, you got first-year head coach Brian Dable of the New York Giants. You got returning to a head coach role, Doug Peterson with the Jacksonville Jaguars. And you got the perennial powerhouse, Kyle Shanahan. Your pick? I'm going Brian Dable. He okay. 100%. But, again, I I just hate what he did to our team. Yeah. <laughs> Every, yeah. But, like, the two guys that have the best chance at it are Brian Dable and Doug Peterson. They had horrible teams last year. Like, Jaguars, first overall pick. Uh, Giants, they had, like, the fifth pick or something. They didn't, they didn't have anything offensively or defensively last year. They... Those two single-handedly turned their teams around. Like, yeah. it's pretty easy to say that. But did either of them coach their team to the playoffs with the third quarterback? That's my pick. Kyle Shanahan. And what he can do and build an offense and the way he works with John Lynch together. Uh, if this award is truly given to the best football coach, for me, yeah, it's, it's pretty easy to... But then, like... You look at a lot of other people, where's Andy Reid on there? Does it just get completely overshadowed because of how good their team right. is? Right, and everyone always expects the Chiefs to be in there. And yeah. that's a great point. And, and where's Sean McDermott? And where's, uh, you know, Nick Sirianni had a fantastic year with the uh, Eagles. Yeah, you could throw Kevin O'Connell on there too. And you could, and he might be one of my snub uh, picks. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? It's, it's fun to have the finalist list. It's fun to have this and that. I hope they honestly look back at some of these awards sometimes and try to take – the story element, try to take different things out of it and just say, who does this truly belong to? Who's the best? Who, who and, brought him up right. to another level? Like, And so with that, we have the uh, assistant coach of the year, people who played huge roles and yeah. their teams up to another level. Ben Johnson, D'Amico Ryans, and Shane Steichen from the Eagles. Your pick, Luke. I don't know to – like, obviously, I, I know what, like – the direct impact they've had on them just watching these teams. But I I honestly like don't know. Mm-hmm. This could go this could go anyway. Yeah. I don't think the Eagles offensive coordinator could 
could win it. They just have a stacked team all around. Yeah. That's just Jalen Hurts. I do believe D'Amico Ryans could get it, but obviously another stacked team, best defense in the league. So maybe maybe that was because of him. Maybe that was just because of how good that right. defense is. Yeah, what comes down to the players and what comes down to coaching is the question, right? Yeah. So I I do think Ben Johnson could get it. I think just ben, like, ben Johnson's my pick. Yeah. I think D'Amico Ryans is the sexy pick for, you know, uh, the average fan. Just got the head coaching gig in uh, uh, Houston. Going to try to do anything there before right. he gets fired. I, I mean, Ben Johnson's really freaking good. I, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> he's exciting. I think offense is the future of the NFL, and that's what people want to see. I think as a defensive coach, you already are, are – as a head coach – if you're a defensive specialty, I already think you're working from behind. You need to hire a pretty impressive uh, coordinator who's probably going to get an option at head coach at each and every year. I mean, we saw that with uh, Frazier and, and just psych or excuse me, not Frazier, with Zimmer and just cycling offensive coordinator through offensive coordinator, whether we fired him, whether they got a head coaching gig, whatever it might be. Uh, and so I think there is a lot of value in the offensive coordinator position. That's why Ben Johnson is yeah. my pick. I think now we should move on to some Super Bowl things. Well, before we do that. Oh, yeah. I know it's not much of a discussion. MVP. All right, should we say this one together on three? Yeah. One, one two, two, three. Patrick, Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes. Yeah. I completely agree. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if the award is truly given to the best player, best, most valuable player, it's Mahomes until mm-hmm. we say otherwise. Yeah. We started the show off talking about the GOAT, Tom Brady. I think Mahomes has a long ways to get there. Yeah. I don't think he's playing for 25 years like Brady is or 20. Just because just because all of his running and. But, <laughs> I mean, you take away his number one receiver, what does he do? Find five guys who can. Yeah, he does it. better. So it's just. You know, they will need to start planning for the future. What do we do when uh, Travis Kelsey ages out of this position? And we've seen a couple other tight ends that they've brought in. They've gotten younger with Isaac Pacheco, and we still have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire there, I believe. Uh, They'll have options. They they should continue to invest in that offense because with Patrick Mahomes at the helm, they can win a shootout game. Yeah, pretty easily. Until that guy retires. Yeah. So... (laughs) I wish there was a more exciting debate. Yeah. Uh, at uh, the last episode I was on, I said it's going to be a quarterback. I said it's going to be a division-winning quarterback. That leaves us with Joe Burrow. That leaves us with Jalen Hurts. That leaves us uh, with Josh Allen. But it's it's Mahomes. Yeah, it's definitely Mahomes. All right, Super Bowl. I got Super a couple Bowl. of minutes, yep. and then we'll get out of here. So looking back at the championship round, let's just go right into it. Would, have, would the Niners have still lost – even if Brock Purdy was leading that offense. Um, as a Vikings fan, as someone who experienced the Minneapolis miracle and the crash afterwards, yep. as someone who has observed Philadelphia fans just be trash in every sport, including my favorite <laughs> sport, baseball, I really, 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 really want to say the 49ers could have crushed them. Yes. I don't think they were ever going to win. As much as that hurts... Yeah. Hurts. They had Jalen Hurts, who appears to be healthy. As much as that hurts, the Philadelphia Eagles defense is deep. They can rotate a bunch of different yeah. people on that offensive line or defensive they line. They were just like snatching all the free agent defensive linemen they, and linebackers. Yes, like, they were. They have dynamic like players at right. wide receiver, yeah. a great uh, tight end, uh, multiple ways to run the football. Uh, they're well coached. They have good special teams. They don't mess up. I love the 49ers. That was my pick. That's yeah. what I wanted. 
I think it was always going to be Eagles. Yeah. Right, af- right after I saw what they did to us week two, I'm like, oh, they're going to be a force to reckon with. Yeah, absolutely. That's going to be a tough one to get through. And that's and that's truly what it's been. And I think they're set up well for the future as well. They don't have a lot of money invested in their quarterback position with Jalen Hurts still being on his rookie deal. We saw them make big power moves to get A.J. Brown in. They have depth in that wide receiver room. Uh, we'll see him again next year. That's absolutely yeah, what I believe. That's that's about it. And then bad officiating. That this has kind of been like, like if if you lose a game, even though I don't really want to go into a lot of the controversies of oh Burrow got that was definitely no call right. that definitely should have been pass interference or roughing the passer. I'm like, if you're gonna lose a game, it's probably not because of the refs. Right. You shouldn't you shouldn't be losing <clears throat> games. Week after week, or that's not really ever the case, but, like, you shouldn't be losing the championship game just because there was, like, four no calls or four bad calls. And looking back, they the Bengals could have started that game out a lot stronger. They didn't have to let out five sacks in the first half. Yeah. You know, the officiating is unfortunate. Yeah. If you want a perfectly cleaned officiating game, that's never going to happen. Yeah. So then you pick your team that you like and you want the calls to go their way. Now, even though I'm pulling for the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, and I told you in our last episode I've loved watching Mahomes and Kelsey all year, and of course I want them to beat the trash can Eagles. I hate those guys. I hate them too. I found myself rooting for the Bengals in the AFC Championship. And so my unintentional bias found myself being upset with the officiating calls. Like you said, it is not on the officials whether you win or lose. Yeah. And that is a part of every game. And I feel like whenever I watch it, it feels like my team is getting jobbed or I'm getting the short end of the stick. And so, of course, I felt like that with the AFC championship. Now, as a whole, I feel like officiating is under much greater scrutiny in this social media age for any sport because we can watch a replay a thousand times. You and I get access to the slow-mo videos over and over and over again. And we think, how could they miss that call? I mean, you think about the LeBron foul uh, a few nights ago against Boston and he's crying like a baby on the floor and Pat Bev's bringing the camera over. I saw that video 50 times. I didn't watch the game. I didn't know the implications (laughs) But with social media and all that we have access to, it probably feels like officiating is the worst it's ever been. In reality, man, we're probably just seeing it more and more. So toughest job in sports, 100%. Probably, probably being an official. And uh, I do not envy them having to make those decisions. You'd have to have such tough skin. I can understand why any fan would be upset, frustrated. Um but you know, I can't. I can't put a win or a loss on on yeah. On the and I saw this a couple years back. It was a lot of the. It was when that no call happened. Saints Rams mm-hmm. pass interference. If they're a lot of times, they're not going to want to call that just because of what's at stake. And yeah. we're seeing that time and time again. Like, oh, it it happened in the. College um, game, TCU versus Michigan. They didn't call that because of what was at stake and what they could, like, are they going to get hate from TCU fans if they call it and then their season's over? Or are they going to get more hate from Michigan? And you'd hope that an official 
could take all of that out of their job, right? Yeah. Out, out of their practice, and they would just be completely impartial. That's impossible. It's yeah. human. It's what you do. You think about these things. And honestly, that's why we love sports. We love sports because it's the human element. Yeah. Anything can happen. There are mistakes. It's not this perfect robotic calculation. It's why you play the game. Things come up. Things happen. Things that are weird that um, are supposed to go one way, go another. If it was just based off of, hey, who has the highest percentage to win this game? Let's look at rosters. Let's assign everyone a score. Let's assign everyone a value, which we're really good at doing now. Yeah. Then why would we play? We yeah. just calculate and we'd say the Chiefs are supposed to win the Super Bowl every yeah. year. So what's the point? We do this because the human element and we enjoy it. Speaking of Super Bowl, last portion here of the segment, uh, we have the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Philadelphia Eagles uh, in Glendale, Arizona at State Farm Stadium, Sunday, February 12th. We got about a week and a half here until we get to the game. Luke, your pick. What are you excited to see? Who do you think walks away hoisting Lombardi's Trophy? I'm, of course, I'm going to be biased for the Chiefs. I've been a Chiefs fan ever since they made the Super Bowl a couple years back. And um, I do believe that Patrick Mahomes' mobility is a little bit better than A.J. Brown's. Mm. Their run game is a little bit better than the Eagles. Uh. Their tight end is a lot of bit better uh. than the Eagles. Receiving core, not so much. That's that's a, I'll give that to the Eagles. That's pretty fair. Advantage Eagles. And then... Defense, kind of on the Eagles, but, like, again, you can't say best team wins. It's never that way. You can't just see numbers-wise best team wins. We've seen that on Kirk Cousins. Like, he has great numbers. He has a pro ball. Well, that doesn't really matter based on who they get. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, that's, another, that's another podcast. <laughs> yep. Um, so, just going back to it, I, I do think the Chiefs can pull this one off. They have a really good team set up. They have a really good quarterback who he's not on a rookie deal. They had to pay big for him. And this Jalen Hurts-led team, I don't know if you could call it led because he's not taking up a big part of that contract cap. And so just all that tied together, the Chiefs have that experience in the Super Bowl in all those big games, and I do believe they can take that. I, oh gosh, you know what? I'm really torn. Uh, I told you already, I'm rooting for the Chiefs. Go Chiefs all the way. That's who I want. I've enjoyed watching them. I've enjoyed being a fan of them through fantasy football. They do have all the experience in the world. I love what Pat Mahomes can do. I think Isaac Pacheco has given them something, another dynamic look that the ball is just not going to Kelsey every single time. Yeah. Um, I think they, though, are, are definitely um, underperforming in defense comparatively to the Philadelphia Eagles. They're still a fantastic defense. Yeah. Um, I, I want the Chiefs. I will root for the Chiefs. I think that there's a very good chance the Chiefs win. Something tells me Philadelphia is a team of destiny. Yeah. They're going to have to grease the fire poles and the uh, lamp street lamps in yep. Philadelphia. I think, yeah, I think I think Philadelphia will win. So what yeah. I want and what I think are two different stories. Yep. You will not hear me saying fly, Eagles fly one time. But if I am being a realist here, I think there is a very good chance yep. that Philadelphia walks away uh, hoisting the trophy. And uh, good on them, good on Sirianni, good on Jalen Hurts. Usually when I dislike a team, it's because of the players like Aaron Rodgers. This has nothing to do with the players. I'm sure the players are fine. Yeah. I don't like their fan base. I don't like seeing Philadelphia 100%, be successful. Yeah. 
I know, hated them being successful against us in 2018. You got the Phillies in the World Series. You got the 76ers who are always relevant. Uh, poor Flyers. They're garbage in the NFL, or NHL. But uh, I, think it's, I think it's Philadelphia, yeah. Luke. And uh, I will be sad the next day, but my world will move on. Um, but in the meantime, go Chiefs. Go yep. Mahomes. Yep. And uh, my last words are shout out to the GOAT. Tom Brady, TB12. Yep. Thanks for everything you've given us yep. as fans. I don't know the NFL without you. Uh, man, you're the man. So thanks again for having me, Lou. Yeah, this was fun to was chat. Fun, yeah. I'll let you put a wrap on the show. Yeah, thanks for watching this episode of the Skull Football Talk Show. Stay tuned for the Tom Brady tribute episode coming out later. Also, stay tuned for the Super Bowl week. I'll be probably putting out about five or six episodes in that time. So thanks for watching, and see you next time.